You know I'm gonna get you, yeah, whatever it takes to. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Basement Talk podcast. Ed Birdsall joined by Jake Simone, as usual, the dynamic duo. Back with you for another episode of the Basement Talk podcast. Let's bring in Jake, because I know everyone was complaining that I just went on a long-winded ensemble last episode. Did not bring in Jake until the very end. So, Jake? The people wanted to hear from you. Say hello to your people. Ah, oh, man of the people I am. Thank you uh, for the quick intro. I definitely appreciate it. But, you know, you do your your thing. And as a man of the people, I just have to respect uh, my fellow person here. So what's going on, my man? You are too kind. You are too kind. It's It's been a crazy couple of days. Not going not gonna to lie. I was on, a, uh, was on a pod yesterday, which is currently out. And you get to hear the raw reaction of when we were in the middle of recording and it came that Allen Robinson was being franchise tagged by the Chicago Bears. And my sheer horror and angst that Allen Robinson's going to be passing, uh, catching passes next year from Nick Foles. I, I nearly had a nervous breakdown on a hot mic. Just yeah. letting the people know. Well, you know, two things about that. I, I would um, definitely bet against Nick Foles being the starter. Uh, for the Chicago Bears next year. I, I think uh, that they're going to do better than that. And, um, you know, yesterday I did a podcast myself, Jetsway Podcast, great show, check it out. Um, great program. We, we spoke with uh, U Stadium founder Nick Spano yesterday who, you know, has plenty of connects uh, around the league with agents, uh, you know, people inside of buildings with uh, all the events and uh, activity that U Stadium does. So uh, apparently Allen Robinson is not happy right now. And uh, – a tag and trade is very much on the table. So I, I wouldn't get too worried just yet uh, about Allen Robinson for next year. I, I still think there's a chance he's uh, playing on a different Jersey next year from the conversation we had with him. Well, look in terms of Allen Robinson, I mean, I wouldn't be too <laughs> shocked for yeah. him not being the most no, he's a great camper he's great. in the world. I mean, look, if the bears wanted to pay him, they, they could have paid him. They should have paid him, but I, I would, guarantee his tone would change if the Chicago Bears are able to bring in a guy like Deshaun Watson or long shot Russell Wilson, which you and I are I both think, in the camp that is not going to happen. I think both are, are, are long shots. Both are not going to happen. I, I'm, I'm pretty confident in saying that one. We'll talk more about the franchise tag when we get there. It's right in the middle of a very packed show as usual. Random ass athlete. You guys l- seem to love that. So we are, of course, going to continue that. That is on the docket for today. Of course, the franchise tag. We're going to be talking about more March Madness. Of course, if you needed a reminder or if you did not listen to last week's show, number one, go listen to last week's show first because we talked about sleeper teams for March Madness, which starts next Friday. And now we're talking about the bus teams. We go from the positives. Now we're going to be talking about the negatives and which teams we're going to focus on teams that are projected right now as of Wednesday, March 10th, when we're recording this, we're, we are going to talk about teams that are projected to be top six or higher seeds that we think could be threats to get knocked out early in the NCAA tournament. And then at the end of the show, as promised last week, a post Malone Mount Rushmore, which Jake and I have been going back and forth with all week as to which four songs we're going to put in our Mount Rushmore. I am very excited to hear the ones that Jake picks. But for the meantime, 
what is a basement talk podcast if we don't start with deep sleeper of the week? So, Jake, what is your deep sleeper, my friend? It's more about who uh, is my deep sleeper of the week. And uh, I know we, we, we generally like to uh, generally like to drift away from sports with, with deep sleeper things away from sports. But I couldn't help myself with this one because uh, varsity is looking good and uh, <laughs> looking in midseason form right now. The New York Yankees and my deep sleeper of the week is going to be Mr. Gary Sanchez getting mm. his mojo back because let me tell everybody uh, he's pretty sharp right now. He looks motivated. He looks in shape. Uh, the swing looks incredible. He's when he when Gary's hitting the ball over the center field wall, right center field. That's when you know he's going well. And uh, he just looks like a guy who looks like a rookie all over again. It's it's kind of interesting because his start of his career in the minor leagues was started off great. He was a promising prospect and then started to slack off a little bit and under the spotlight and had attitude problems, effort issues. And then and then came back again uh, under the microscope of the Yankees and got called up and started off great in the big leagues. Everybody thought he was uh, one of the best catchers in baseball. And then the same trend happened again with Gary Sanchez. So it's going to be a pivotal season for Gary. I think he's out of chances after this year. I think if uh, the Yankees don't see significant improvement from him, uh, I think they're probably going to move off of him at the end of the year. So he looks like a guy who's fighting for his uh, his job and. Uh, I'm excited to see, it. and I think a, a motivated Gary Sanchez is a is a dangerous Gary Sanchez. So if I'm the rest of the league, it's uh, scary hours to quote my basketball team uh, in that Yankee lineup. Well, I think I listen. Gary Sanchez has been hitting the cover off the ball in spring ball so far, and it, yeah, it's a big year for Gary Sanchez because they have Austin Wells in the wings. He's he's far away though. Well, he's very far away. He's very far away, but Austin Wells is. Supposedly, supposedly, and, and at least how the Yankees talk about him, they're talking about him as the next big thing. So, yeah, yeah, I, I know, but you know, it's, it's same, a long, same thing. It's, I, I tell people this about Jason Dominguez. He, both guys are, yeah, I, 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 I can see Dominguez being another three years away. Same at thing. least, at well, least. Well, I mean, he's 18 now. It, it's like, if he's really as good as everybody says he is, he should be up by the time he's 21. He's probably going to be up when he's 20. It's about two to three years away, I would say. Uh, he obviously hasn't played in a, in a minor league game yet, but uh, catching is a lot different than, you know, playing center field, uh, first base, corner. You know, it, it's you have to learn literally a whole new brand of baseball, managing a pitching staff. Throwing at runners in major league baseball take way better jumps than they do in college and double uh, A, triple A. So uh, he he has a lot of work to uh, to do in the minor leagues, Austin Wells. So I I wouldn't hold my breath unless maybe he changes positions, but I, I highly doubt that with how high the Yankees are on him. They generally don't rush pros, prospects like that. So um, I think this is a pivotal year for Gary, and I, I think he's going to kill it. I really do. Um, you know, as far as the whole Yankee roster goes, health is the whole thing as always. But right now, we look pretty good aside from Zach Britton. And I'm telling you, I think we're going to get uh, the Gary Sanchez we uh, knew to love his rookie year. And uh, honestly, his second year was pretty damn good, too. So I think he's back, man. I really do. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But uh, I've never stopped believing in Gary uh, for what it's worth. So what are your expectations of Gary? 
I mean, stat-wise. I'm I'm not a very big batting average guy. I think it's a very Mm -hmm. overrated stat in baseball. Like, you know, it's like, are you telling me that, like, let's go around here. Like, are you telling me, like, Jeff McNeil is better than Ozzie Albies at the sport of baseball? He's not. No. Like, because he has a higher batting. Like, the, the year when Jose Altuve won, uh, the MVP over Aaron Judge. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, Judge had him beaten literally every single stat by a lot. And why? Because Altuve had more singles than him. I mean, that that's that's a lazy argument. And because Altuve didn't play did for the Yankees. That's why. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody liked the story. You know, the underdog story of him being so small, and he he won the batting title that year, and uh, warmed everybody's hearts. How nice. Yeah. Um, Little you know, do we know that cheap. he was a cheat, but that's uh, besides yeah, the point. It, Exactly, but batting average to me is not the end all be all. If Gary Sanchez hits 240 this year and hits 30 home runs, I think you, you have to bring him back. Like, yeah. you're not finding a catcher hitting over 30 home runs or more on the market right now. You're just not. And he has a cannon still. The chooch has never yeah. gone away. No. Um, I don't like that catching stance that he was doing last year, that whole one leg up BS. Uh, I think he's kind of gone back to more of an orthodox style once they realize that isn't a uh, conventional way of catching and it's not sustainable. Yeah. Uh, I think he put, and he looks pretty lean too. I don't know if you, you've seen any of the spring training. He does. He doesn't have that. Like he kind of always had that little baby fat, you know, you saw the little, you saw the pudgy cheeks. Like he looks pretty lean and a little quicker this year and a little more determined step. Yeah, exactly. Determined. Determined. So, um, Yes, I, I think he's going to do great this year. I would say 245, 30 home runs. Um, you know, he's probably going to hit, what, eighth in the Yankee lineup, seventh or eighth, you would yeah. assume. Um, you know, between 75 to 90 runs batted in, you're, you're taking that any day of the week. You're happy with that. Catcher. And I, I think that's what he's going to do because he's that capable. All right, so my deep sleeper, you're going you're gonna to hear this, and I think you're just going to roll your eyes and say that you have nothing to contribute to this, but hear me out on this one. So my deep sleeper for this week is EA Sports. Well, is this result is this uh is this to do with the NCAA football coming back or no? No, th- we are not. FIFA? We are not. We are not praising EA Sports today. Oh, ripping EA Sports. We are ripping EA Sports apart right now. So give give everybody a little backstory as to uh, what went down today, Wednesday. So basically, there was a content creator for their video game FIFA that went on to Twitter this morning and received a bunch of DMs saying that EA Sports has been running a black market for FIFA Ultimate Team cards and anybody could go to wherever. I don't know how you would access it. You know, that's not my thing. But you could basically go and pay actual cash dollars to get extinct players on the FIFA Ultimate Team market and get them into your your team. And we're not talking like, you know, 50, 75 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks. No, 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 no. We're talking almost $1,300 that people are paying directly to EA where the minions that work at EA 
collect these payments, whether it's for themselves or for the company that's yet to be seen. EA has said that they're launching an investigation into all of this. Yeah, 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 the blabber, I get it. And this caused an uproar because this just goes from every level of the game. And it goes to every level of any video game where if you have the money, you could go and buy whatever you want. You can go have the best team, even if you don't grind the hour. So for people that dedicate and FIFA Ultimate Team is the biggest thing probably globally in gaming next to Call of Duty. I would say that because there's how popular it is and how many people play it. EA released their earnings and said that over 2 billion people are playing Ultimate Team every day, which is ridiculous. Just how many people are logging onto this game and playing it. And then people make lives out of this. They make their careers off of this. And, you know, they're putting in the work, they're grinding, they're doing what they have to do. And even people that aren't content creators and just play the game for fun, that they're going on, they're, you know, working their nine to five, they come home and they want to just go hop on FIFA and play a couple games of FIFA, whatever. They're just going on having a great time. But then you have people that are looking to gain a competitive advantage that are not putting the hours in. And which makes it even more interesting. This is a point that I saw, which I don't know if they're going to go down this avenue or not. But there was a suggestion that maybe in these tournaments, these pro tournaments where, you know, if you have your own team going up against somebody else's team, is it a possibility that pro players were in on this and that pro players who are professionally contracted to play FIFA were going and spending thousands of dollars for players to up their team, get themselves highly placed in tournaments, get themselves some clout. And it, it is just an absolute mess that EA have to deal with. So I don't envy EA right now. They are, uh, they've dealt with a lot of shit this year just because of how badly FIFA has been running. And this is just like the icing on top of the cake in terms of how just messed up this is. And this has been supposedly going on for years, going back to FIFA 15 is what I heard. So this is just, this is bad. Top to bottom, bad. Yeah, obviously, I don't have any experience playing FIFA. Uh, no, but it, it, it's FIFA a fairness ultimate thing. Team. It's a fairness thing. I, I'm not a very big ultimate team type of guy with my mm -hmm. video games. I feel like it's a very big pay to play, uh, pay to win. Absolutely, hundred uh, percent. So, but I do play. Uh, obviously, I'm an avid MLB The Show player. I do play my Diamond Dynasty squad a lot, and. Uh, you know, I know you mentioned content creators, those content creators. I laugh uh, whenever people reference them when, when talking about the game, because those guys have such juiced pack odds. It's insane. Like you're telling me they're they're so they're, I don't know how it is with FIFA. I'm sure it's like EA partners or, you know, because because with them will be the show. They have something called Sony partners. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, Sony hooks them up with, you know, some packs, uh, uh, maybe even the game for free or they send them something for obviously promoting the game on YouTube. Yeah. So what do you think? Sony, they want them to pull all common cards and brought, no, they're going to pull more diamonds than the common player because they want the people watching their videos to see, Oh, he's pulling all these diamonds. Uh, and his, his pack odds are so good. Like maybe I could pull this card. And then they, they say, Hey mom, can I have uh you know, $20 for packs? And then they go out and they buy the packs and they get a freaking gold. In 20 packs and 
I don't know if you play a Diamond Dynasty or not, but um, one gold in twenty packs is uh, is pretty shit. So yeah, um, yeah, those games are are, are a major ripoff. But um, I definitely feel for the FIFA players out there having to deal with this uh, with this BS because we personally deserve better for. You know, you pay what five hundred dollars for uh, the PlayStation. I my my PlayStation Five sitting right next to me right now, and you know, you pay five hundred for that, fifty or even wow, sixty five for the game after tax. Um, you know, that that's and then the in game purchases. You say you're spending maybe a thousand dollars over the yeah, game cycle no, I, on packs. I, I, I can't relate. The only thing that I uh, I would do that is kind of an in game purchase, like whenever, like I don't play a ton of video games. Like I play. Madden, I play UFC four, and then I play the show. I buy the hundred dollar edition of the show every year. Um, I just feel like it's just a good way to get your team started with Diamond Dynasty. But after that, I don't, I don't make, you know, I don't make enough money to be spending it on a video uh, game like that. I have, no, God, no. I have uh, expenses and responsibility uh, to be paying, and I, I'm, I'm not going to go over to my mom and say, hey, you know, can I As borrow a the credit card? Year old man, I would hope not. No, no. The kid brother can, but not not me. No. True, true. Um, I have a friend of mine who is a content creator for for FIFA, and and he's huge. I won't mention his name because I don't want to give I don't want to give myself the the clout for that. Not worth it. But very well known, and I was talking to him about it today, and what he basically had said to me was it it is a slap in the face to people that don't spend their hard-earned money on the game. And what makes – with this FIFA, what they've done so well is they've made the game where if you play it, you don't need to spend a dime. But if you play the game, you can get these god-tier meta squads. And I, I mean I don't have that, but I know people that have the time of day where they can go and they can just – binge FIFA all day, every day, and not spend a dime in these these, these unbelievable squads. Yeah, I mean, uh, per, to be honest with you, even with MLB, I, I'm sure Sony was so happy when they released their game last year, literally the first week of the quarantine period where the government <laughs> shut down and they, they come out with the video game. I would love to see the numbers they were pulling in with people making in-game purchases just a locked ton. in their house for – what was it like a month or two? It felt like at yeah. that time. Yeah. I mean, except for the essential workers, of course, but uh, yeah, the, it, those games make a killing on in-game purchases. To be honest with you, I'm even surprised the game is so expensive uh, as it is. Well, like, well, what's the point with all the money you make on like, you're not going to just buy it's, it's like playing NBA 2k. Like you're not going to just buy the game and not spend money on VC for your my player cuz chances are if you're playing 2K you're playing it for your my player like there's really Correct. nothing else in the game that's worth your time uh, you know the game you're not going to play like a play now right. all the time and like those connected franchises are just annoying and those the simulations just make no sense you see like uh they suck you see like these random players like i, I don't know like who, who's like a random player in 2K like let's Dante just say Genzo. Yeah, like he's the sixth man of the year or something like that, and it's like that's not happening. It's not real. It's not realistic. It's not realistic. But no, he was, my buddy was telling me today that with what he's able to do as a content creator, that he does this for a living, is he's able to just write everything off. So he can spend 
because he makes the money from his channel. Exactly. So he could yeah. prove that it's a business expense. So he could just say, oh, okay, write off, done. And he's not losing anything. Yeah, I actually know um, a Twitch streamer pretty well that streams MLB, and he does the same thing. It's like he's, he's big he's big on packs, and you know if the, if the people want to see him open up packs, he's like, you know, donate to the channel. I will put this money back into the channel. Yeah. Um, the subscribers on Twitch. So I assume this is a Twitch streamer. Um, if he's a content creator, he's got to be a Twitch streamer. YouTube, um, YouTube and Facebook. Not even Twitch. Nope. All right. So, he's, he's contracted with Facebook. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's hats off to him. Then I don't know too many people. I don't even use Facebook myself really anymore. I, I personally don't know anyone other than my relatives that are all, you know, over 50 years old. They use Facebook, to be honest with you. So um, that that's definitely interesting there. Yeah. Facebook so, gaming, Facebook gaming. But, it's a brand, brand new thing. Uh, it's but, news to me. But uh, anyway, so this guy, you know, promotes the channel and he says, you know, uh, you know, certain amount of subs or whatever. I'm going to put the money back into the channel. I'm going to open up these packs and do this yeah. other shit. So, yeah, and it, he's doing he's doing it for free. And it's it's proven because he was telling he told me this a while ago where. The FIFA's of old and I don't want to turn this into a whole FIFA discussion because we have so much more to get through. But he was telling me the FIFA, the FIFA's of old, like say three years ago, say FIFA 18, where it was more gameplay driven. People would come and watch his videos on YouTube or they would see him when he was on Twitch, when he was uh, streaming, doing all that. They would come and they would want to watch him play. Now, where he's seeing the majority of his views is coming from, like you said, Jake. Packs and people want to get that adrenaline rush and see, you know, him open these packs or just menu grind things, things like that. Nobody cares about the gameplay anymore because the gameplay, at least for FIFA, completely sucks. It completely, totally sucks. So, where he makes his money now is okay. I could, I could just say, all right, I can grind this game for seven hours, get as much many packs as I possibly can, put on Twitter to my million plus subscribers on Twitter, followers, whatever, whatever, and say, Hey, come by my stream at uh, 3 PM mountain time. I'm going to be opening packs and he'll have three, 4,000 people watching him just spam through packs. Like it's nobody's business. But then when the packs stop, he'll see three, three, 4,000 uh, viewers drop down to a thousand, maybe. And that's yeah. when he gets off. That's when he goes and actually does things that he wants to do, like going and playing GTA are going to play Call of Duty, you know, things like that. So, I mean, the life the life of a content creator definitely is not uh, the easiest life to live. But I guess when you make it and you can just play the game for fun and just write off anything that you that you earn from the game, uh, you can. Uh, it's a pretty nice life in that regard. But, uh, yeah, it was um, widely regarded as the darkest day in FIFA history today just because of, of all of this. And there's some hope at least that EA is going to just completely revitalize the odds of getting high level players and things like that. Because, and last, last thing I want to say is in FIFA, it is impossible to get good players. But for example, my kid brother plays NHL and you play the show. And from what you've just said to me and what he has told me in the past, is that he has no problem getting top-tier good cards on 
NHL and then you saying that you are it's pretty easy to get diamond players in well yeah to an later extent. on later on in the, the the baseball season once once everyone pretty much just starts getting ready for Madden season the show is like oh well here's a free 99 but those first two months of playing the show it's pretty hard to get good cards unless you uh open up a shit ton of packs or right and just spam them something like that but yeah right well getting well getting one of these cards you know that you could that are you know the subject of discussion that people are going and buying in a regular pack you have a 0.1% chance of getting one 0.1 so if you up that for the highest pack you could possibly get on FIFA which is worth 125,000 in game currency it ups to 1%. You have a 1% chance to get one of these cards. Basically, you have zero shot. So what do people go and do? They resort to the black market to go and they go and buy these cards. And I don't know why, considering this game is just a 12-month cycle and that $1,300 they're spending now, it's going to be worthless in September when the new game comes out. It makes no sense to me why people yeah. would do it. And... Hopefully EA don't know anything about it and just some employees that were looking to make a killing for years and congratulations, it seemed to have worked. Uh, but yeah, there are a lot of uh, very, very unhappy people that uh, are playing FIFA today at least, but they're still playing the game and if people were truly very upset about it, they would stop playing the game. Simple. Nah. Well, my condolences. Hit it, hit it where it hurts, right in EA's wallet. That's what I always say. So, done with Deep Sleeper. Let's move on to Random Ass Athlete. So, the athlete that I have for us today, this is actually a great one. Okay. I like great. He, the, the, <laughs> when, I, when I was going through the list earlier and just trying to get a fair, like a, just going through and seeing, you know, who could we do that's a bit different? Um, I, I stumbled across this and I just said, yes, th this, this is the one we're going to do. So he is a three-time all-star. Okay. He was a second round pick of the Golden State Warriors. Oh, God. I think I know who it is. And played for the Grizzlies, the Magic, the Warriors, and the Wizards. Um, I, I, I don't know who it is. I, I thought you were going to say Draymond Green first. It is not Draymond Green. But Warriors. So you said Warriors, Magic. Wizards, Grizzlies. Wizards, Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. What team is he currently on? Is he retired? He is retired. This isn't Monte Ellis, is it? It is not Monte Ellis. It um, is. Would yeah. you like to hear? Yeah. It is Gilbert Arenas. Arenas, okay. Wow. I did not realize that he was drafted by the Warriors. He was drafted. He was drafted by the Warriors, and hence the segment. Random ass generator. This is this is the definition of random. Well, I think I know what the first one um you're going to say is, so <laughs> I'll let I'll let you have at it. Uh yeah, yeah. The um how do I 
how do I put this in a uh, in a PC sort of way? He brought a firearm into the Verizon Center. Yeah. Yeah, o- that happened. It o- was over a card game, right? Over a card game. Yep. Yeah. Regarding gambling debts, I believe it was. Nice. Yeah. I remember him. I remember the big thing I remember about him is he was, he was on the cover of NBA Live. I think it was like, oh, six or oh, seven. He was on the cover. It was, it was probably the best NBA Live game ever. I believe. I, let me just look it up. Uh, oh, wait. Dude, sick game. Sick game. Uh, let's see. What other facts do I have about Gilbert Arenas? Oh, he um, he shot Nick Young with a BB gun. Never knew that. The more you know. I'm going to be honest with you. That's really all I know about the guy. <laughs> um, you know, he said he was a three-time All-Star. Like, three-time uh, All-Star, yes. I don't care what he did in the league. He'll always be known for the guy as – he'll always be known for bringing a gun to the Verizon Center, as you said. <laughs> Over that's why I was that. laughing the entire that's, time. I knew it was going to go. That, that's really all I. Uh, that's all I have. He was on the cover of NBA Live. Was was you know he wasn't like a a superstar. He was a he was a above average player, I'd say. And then his whole career ended after he brought a gun to the Verizon Center over a card game gambling debt. Pretty much. Uh, I know he went to go play in uh, in China after he was released by the Grizzlies. Surprised I believe the it was the Grizzlies. Yeah, it was the Grizzlies. I'm surprised the Knicks didn't give him a go oh, come <laughs> on. Madison Square Garden. Come on, Jake. Gilbert Arenas didn't go to Kentucky. No. No, there was Tracy McGrady that gave a shot, I believe, uh, that year when Gilbert was looking for a job. and It was Tracy McGrady. A, he gave him a solid month. It was Tracy McGrady. <laughs> uh, Gilbert Arenas wore number zero. Yeah, my Spanish teacher actually gave Gilbert Arenas a nice name. He was my, my Spanish teacher is a very big uh, wrestling fan, so oh yeah, he's a big uh, he's a big fan of a particular word, but he called him Gilbert Jabronis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I love the Jabroni reference. That that yeah. is just beautiful. Big if, he called he, yeah. If no, you know, this, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, this guy was a big wrestling guy. He would always, he always call me Jake the Snake Roberts. First day of school, I was, love that Jake the Snake Roberts. That's all he would say every day. That's I don't. Th- I don't know if he knew my last name. To be honest with you, that's amazing. That master, you'd be like master of the DDT. That, see that that was me in high school. Just I had I had well even in college too. Is I was I was bird. I was just yeah. bird. In college, I let's see. I I I don't know if I should be admitting this, but not a lot of professors knew me because it's not that I I did, I attended class for the most part, but like I wasn't a front of the classroom raise of the hand kind of guy. I, I didn't do much. I didn't go stay up to class. Not an office hours guy. It's what do I need to do to get by, you know, get it an above average mark in this class and, you know, not socialize as often as I can because I, you know, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. You know what I'm saying? So I, it is what it is. you're not giving, you're not giving me effort points here. So I get the same piece of paper as everybody else. And, you know, and I'll never see him again in four years. I think in college, um, I probably, yeah, well, I've like, I've seen like my core group of friends, but everybody that was like outside of my core group of friends, I, I haven't seen since I uh, graduated two years ago. So I guess they weren't too relevant. And when I do see them, you know, that once in a blue moon and like, you know, maybe the alumni weekend, well, who knows when that'll be now um, with the world we're living in. 
True. I don't really, I don't say hello to too many of them. So, you know, I know that there was because radio guy, you don't really need to go to too many office hours for, for radio, but in terms of some other things, there was one professor that I did go to office hours for. He was in his early thirties. So 30 year old teaching college kids, but he was a former, he was a former aide to a congressman from the state of Ohio. And the only reason why I bring this up is this was when jewels were a big thing. Yeah. And he was a big, he was a cigarette guy. He smoked cigarettes. And I went to, I went to his office hours and, you know, we were just, just talking, you know, a whole bit. And, you know, my, my big thing with going to office hours is small talk is always the best talk. So we're just, we're chit chatting a whole bit. And of course, my jewel falls out of my pocket. Of course. So I am just like, fuck, what the, what the hell is this guy going to say to me? He sees a jewel on the floor. So he asked me, he's like, you know, what, what's that? And I just said, oh, it's a, it's a jewel. You use it for, for nicotine and, and, and things like that. And of course, this was pre-COVID. And he said, you know, can I try that? And I'm just like, wait, huh? I was very, very confused yeah, at this moment. 2020, that guy would be fired right now. True. <laughs> if true, you were to but, report him. True, but good dude. So I didn't. And he enjoyed it. And that's when he told me that he was, you know, a pack a day smoker and i told him i was like yo just just start getting jewels get get your jewel get <laughs> jewel pods don't smoke don't smoke just chief and i believe it was the next time i saw him in class so it was probably two days after because his office hours were literally right after the class so it had to have been two days later if it was a tuesday thursday which i think it was he pulled me aside after class and he showed me his jewel and that's how I became friends with Paul Brian Fritz. Cool story. Great story. Great guy. How did we get here? I don't know. Something about college and. Uh, oh, know, we were man. talking about where Gilbert Arenas went to, went to college. Yes. And, and then I, all this. And then, and then I was like, Hey, uh, my, my, my middle school Spanish teacher. So we went from middle school Spanish to, uh, and then high you're like, oh, no, no, no. You, you were like, oh, I was bird in high school and college. And I was like, oh, not many teachers knew my name. And then, well, yeah, maybe they did. I don't know. Well, I don't well put, words. It, put it this way. The ones that called me bird were in were in the School of Communications. And the School of Communications is a very small place. Yeah. So very small. And place. then we got to your, your teacher dueling. So I, yes. I think it, I think it's time for some disappointments and. The month franchise tags. Yeah, it's it. well. Oh, franchise tags. Speaking of disappointments, <laughs> yeah, speaking, we're, speaking. we're on the subject. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Good transition quality the, radio. Swift transition radio professionals in the cut. So it is time for the franchise tags, and I'm gonna run through all of the tags. And and by the way, Gilbert Arenas. Thank you so much for being on the random mass generator. That was just a lovely, lovely time and stay away from firearms, please for the safety of yourself and others. So franchise tags, I'm going to run through them. We're going to 
basically hit on them as quickly as we possibly can. And then at the, at the end, um, you know, we're just going to have a nice discussion about tags. And I know Jake has a little bit of uh, gossip that he wants to spill about a potential tag that was made. So we'll definitely uh, get that out of, uh, out of Jake. I can see him just biting his tongue. He's so excited. He can't help himself. So the, the players that were tagged, just run through them really quick. The Panthers, the Carolina Panthers tagged Taylor Moten, uh, the Chicago Bears, Alan Robinson, of course, much to my dismay. If you listened to the Basement Talk podcast fantasy show, you will know all about that. Uh, the Cowboys with Dak Prescott, but then agreeing to a $160 million extension, which I am sure we are going to talk about once I run through these. The Broncos with Justin Simmons. The Jaguars with Cam Robinson, probably the best tackle in this free agent class that is not going to be in this class any longer. Marcus Williams with the Saints, Giants tagging Leonard Williams, the New York Jets tagging Marcus May, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tagging Chris Godwin, and the Washington football team tagging Brandon Scherf. And before, actually, you know, you know what? I want to hear. I want to hear your gossip about uh, about one of the tags. So I'm gonna, I'm just going to well, put you on the spot right away before we start talking about the you tags can, as a whole. Uh, you can take it for what it is. Um, you know, I'm not a reporter or, or anything like that. I'm not searching for any type of uh, cloud here. But um, a little bit of gossip I heard from somebody in the know. Um, you know, it's close to the building at One Jets Drive. Uh, you know, I hit him up and, you know, we were talking a little bit and I was like, hey, you know, what's going on? And uh, we, we talked about Marcus May for a little bit. And uh, the main thing is that, yes, May is very frustrated right now with the team. Um, but the, the the two sides expect a long term deal to get done. Um, the Jets don't like that number um, for this upcoming season. at ten, I believe it's ten and a half million for a safety. Yep. Um, the team doesn't like that number. It's more beneficial for the team to get him under, you know, 10 and a half million, uh, which is a little too much for a safety. I mean, Marcus May is a solid player, but he's not one of the best safeties in the national football league to be making that price tag. So the two sides are, are going to continue to negotiate a deal. And, uh, you know, they're, they're both optimistic that one can get done um, before the season starts. The big, the big thing is, uh, is the number of years Marcus May being an older free agent, um, you know, is very unique because usually you don't see guys hitting free agency for the first time uh, with their contracts expiring when they're, Mar I believe Marcus May is going to be 28 years old um, right. in a year. So uh, the years is a big holdup. Um, and I think Marcus May wants to get a little bit more security where, you know, they can't really bail on him after, you know, a year where they can get out of the contract. I think you want the guarantees and the years are, are the big things. I think the, the dollar amount is is pretty pretty close but the the guarantees and the years is is the big holdup but uh the jets like may they want him back um they value his leadership a lot who he was a good soldier for them the last two years which were really tough for them other than you know unlike the other safety that the jets had the year before uh didn't take any shots at anybody um held everybody accountable he was very durable the last two years that was the the big question with may before the last two seasons, particularly this one, um, proved he's versatile. He could play free safety, he could play strong safety. You could even play him a little bit in the slot. So the Jets definitely value him. Uh, May doesn't want to go anywhere. 
but uh, there there's a little bit of a holdup. But I I would be he he would be surprised to say the least that if a deal does not get done before the season starts and uh, might be done by the end of free agency. But they put the franchise tag on him for now, um, you know, just to make sure he doesn't go elsewhere. But I would be surprised uh, based on the conversation if May is playing on the franchise tag this year. That deal. I mean, it, it, it really sucked to see Marcus May get tagged. I'll be completely honest because I I had heard the last, probably within the last 10 days or so, that if he was going to hit free agency, that Dallas would have been front of the queue to try yeah. and get him. Well, uh, you know, we talked to Nick Spano last night at your stadium, and he was, you know, uh, I don't believe it if it actually made the podcast, but he said – uh, numerous times and stood by it that May was an under the radar free agent where yes. he's one of those guys where when you see the contract he gets, it's like, oh, holy shit, Marcus May just got this much money because teams around the league value him more than the fan does, if that makes sense. The fans see it as, oh, it's a guy from the Jets, like this guy probably can't play. But when the teams turn on the tape and they talk to others around the league that are familiar with May, it's like, you know, this guy offers so much versatility. He's a really good soldier. He's been durable the last two seasons after battling injuries coming into the league and um, you know, just a real solid guy to have in your secondary. So um, the jets are in no position to be letting talent walk out the door for nothing. No. So I, I, that was a big, uh, big belief of uh, the jets brass for using the franchise tag, because uh, I think in other years, maybe they let may hit the free agent market, but with the current state of the roster, um, it, you had to, yeah, you couldn't let him leave, no. but they, they don't like that number, though. They think that's a little too much. It is a little too much, but you know what? As it stands, he, at least last year, was the best defensive player that the Jets had. Maybe the best overall player that the Jets had I, last year. I, next I, to I Mekhi Becton. No, the best defensive player the Jets have is, is Quentin Williams. It's definitely. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. It definitely that's fair. is Quentin Williams. He was, he was really breaking out last year. Um, quietly. Very quietly. Very quietly, and to be honest with you, uh, I think maybe if he played the whole season, he pro- I don't know if he would have made the Pro Bowl because the Jets were so bad last year, but um, he's just look out for him this year. He's tur- you know, he people forget he's still, I believe he's 22 years old. He's going to be next he's still year. A baby. Like he was, you know, I-, I didn't love the pick at the time. Uh, I thought maybe I don't, I don't think he was mean enough coming out of college. I thought he was not that rough rider. I thought he was a little soft. Um, but he just needed time to develop, and uh, he he was night and day from the season before. And I'm excited to see what he's going to do in, in a three technique, playing for um, you know Robert Sala, who has a history of developing pass rushers, and Jeff Albrook um, coming over from the Falcons. Where you know, uh, I mean, you think of the Falcons, you probably think of their pass rush over anything else on that yeah. defense, even though it was nothing sure. to write home about. But um, no, I would say Quinnen Williams, but May uh, May's very much part of the Jets' plans is the the takeaway I got. So don't don't expect to see a tag and trade or um, this to get too ugly unless like something unforeseen happens over the next couple of weeks. Want to hit on Dallas very very quickly? Uh, of course, the big contract extension given to Dak Prescott. Absolutely love it. It's about damn time. Uh, good for Dak and good for the Joneses to finally get that done. I talked more about this. Had no choice. I mean, they, they had no choice. That's my they, two cents on that one. Yep. They had no choice. I don't want to talk about that too much considering I talked about it on the fantasy show. So if you want to hear my 
overall thoughts you right, know, yeah. there. But Jake, we have not heard your thoughts about uh, the Dak Prescott. Well, you know, so, unless you were ahead. getting unless you were getting Russell Wilson, they're really who else are you going to bring in if you're Dallas? Like, are you going to draft a quarterback at eleven? No one's going to be there for you. Um, you know, you're not going to draft Mac Jones. Like that's that's silly. Um, you know, maybe if you were picking second in the draft and Zach Wilson or Justin Fields would be there. I guess that's a little bit more of a case than if you don't want, if you don't think Dak is worth that $40 million year tag, but that's not, not the case. So uh, they had no choice. They couldn't let Dak play on the franchise tag for another year. It would have been just another major distraction. And, you know, it also helps their short-term franchise uh, salary cap. I mean, what did they save? Like 10 million or something like that by 10 million. Dak? Yep. You know, and they, uh, and they created another 20, with, uh, with the 17 million. Lineman. Yep. Yeah, with Lyle the Cop, lineman. Tyron Smith and Zach Martin also uh, yeah. restructuring yeah, I, their contracts. Yeah, man. Um, I know we have a lot to talk about, but for the sake of your Cowboys, I if I was them, if Rashawn Slater's there at 11, I don't think I would pick – or they're picking 11, right? What are they, 10 or uh, 11 or 12? They're 10. 10? They're 10. 10. Mm-hmm. If Rashawn Slater's there at 10, I think that has to be your pick. Um, I'm sorry. He's that special of a football player. I don't know if you saw him yesterday on the, uh, the front squad, but oh, – He's a beast. I, I would I would pick him um, or I would go cornerback. I'd go with uh, one of the big three. I think they're all incredible football players. They, they can't go wrong there. And then in free agency, I would sign, you know, another veteran pass rusher. It didn't work out with Gerald McCoy or Dentari Poe last year. But, you know, I would keep an eye on somebody like a, a Melvin Ingram um, coming from the Chargers or another veteran in the secondary. I I think Richard Sherman's a possibility there. Um, I know I know a lot of people like to link Richard Sherman to the Jets because of Salo, but um, that's not happening. I, I, I'm i pretty confident in saying that from the information that I've gathered from yeah doing yeah, the podcast and think it's talk, you know, talking to people that come on and whatnot. No. But Dallas, who knows? Yeah, I mean, they'll be, they'll be top 15 in the league in terms of salary cap space with the $17 million they free up. Obviously, not having Dak on the huge number with the franchise tag helps. 75 million in year one is a massive yikes, but it only counts 22 million towards the cap because of the devoidable last two years of the contract. I'm not a salary cap guy. I am not a salary cap guru. Um, don't ask me how that language works because I have no fucking idea, but they were able to make the cap hit at least in year one where he's getting paid 75 million to be only 22. So good for Dallas yeah. when this is a, uh, a, a crunched year in terms of uh, of the cap but moving away from our teams i want to talk about probably the one guy that is the biggest name out of everybody that was tagged and that's alan robinson and we yeah. all know this we all know the situation that's there in chicago it is not a good situation right now it is as jake said uh, earlier before we came on uh, he's, I believe he said something along the, lines of, along the lines of he is not happy. I've heard the word toxic be used. It's, yeah. it's not a good situation right now in Chicago. It's, well, let, let me rephrase it. it it's it's fixable. Um, it, this isn't Deshaun Watson and the Texans where it goes yeah. beyond dollar amounts and coaches and general managers. It's way beyond that in Houston. But it's fixable um, if you meet his asking price. Um, you know, money can cure all there. I, I know – and from hearing from Allen Robinson, he loves the city of Chicago. 
It's not like he's not happy living there and playing for the Bears. And, you know, I don't think his biggest issues are with the quarterback play. I think it's just being compensated fairly for uh, his performance on the field. So money can cure all there. Uh, the Bears uh, should expect him to not play on the tag, um, at least originally. I don't think he will report the training camp. Uh, sitting out for the whole year is not um, something I would recommend for a player. I think Le'Veon Bell would – uh, tell everyone that that's not the way to go. So it's fixable. Um, he could make it really toxic to the point where they have to trade him kind of like what James Harden did with the Rockets, right? You know, show up out of shape. You know, I remember Brandon Marshall, it's, it's ironic enough when he wanted out of Chicago, he was batting the, the balls down in practice from Jay Cutler, just made it unbearable there. So, um, yeah, I believe it was Chicago, it was Chicago or Denver where he played with Cutler. I, I, I forget, but, um, you know, he can he can force his way out if he wants. So definitely keep an eye on that situation there. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he should be in the upper echelon of receivers that are paid in terms of highest paid receivers in this league. Because yeah, I would say I would say I would say eighteen to twenty million is fair for that's him. Exactly the number I was thinking. Nineteen, twenty million. Yeah, I, mean, I, I definitely exactly think that's fair, but but to be honest with you, I think the biggest tag, because that was expected him to get the franchise tag. That didn't surprise anybody. No, um, the, that wasn't the, a surprise. The move that I really was fascinated by, I guess the Bucks felt differently, or I guess I could see it both ways, was uh, uh, there you go, Tampa Bay Bucks with Chris Godwin and letting Shaquille Barrett or Shaq Barrett um, hit the open market. I, I personally think Shaq Barrett's the best young pass rusher in the league. Um, you know, I, I, I've always been pretty high on him, but when the snaps went up in Tampa Bay, you saw what he could do. Um, he's just an absolute beast. When you think of just pure sack artists in the league, is there anybody better than Shaq Barrett the last two years? I, I don't 27 think 27 and a half sacks, 27 yeah, and a like, half sacks, I believe over the last two years. So that's really interesting. Um, I know they had the deal with Levante David. Um, you know, they got that wrapped up and Godwin, they may have felt, may have chased dollars in free agency uh, because there's a lot of desperate teams out there looking for offensive weapons because it's an offensive league. But uh, don't be surprised if a team comes to Shaq Barrett with uh, an offer he can't refuse. Maybe they already have a deal worked out, but I personally thought just that Barrett was more valuable to the Bucks than Godwin was. I thought Godwin was the more replaceable player, but maybe Tampa felt that um, – Barrett had a better chance of signing back with them than Godwin did on the open market. So that'll be interesting to see. I mean, with Godwin, I wasn't necessarily surprised that he was tagged just because, you know, it's, it's the offense and the offense really made this team tick for uh, the most part, but that defense, that, that, pa- that yeah, defense was Super Bowl. <laughs> that defense was next level. Good. And I think the next, the, the point that I want to make with Barrett is this is a guy that before going to Tampa Bay had 15 career sacks in Denver and yeah. then completely matched that his first year in Tampa Bay with, with your old boy, nah, Todd yeah. balls. Well, I think he got to play more. I think that definitely helped. Um, Absolutely. You know, a guy that that's really popular on the open market. I don't want to get too far away is Trey Hendrickson where a lot of people think yeah. he maybe he could be the Shaq Barrett of this offseason. And, um, you know, for Jet fans out there, that's, that's a name that we heard over and over again that the Jets really like. Um, and 
when a, a lot of people are going to be surprised with the contract that Trey Hendrickson gets though, you know, you're kind of paying for what he's going to do. If that makes sense, kind of like what the bucks did with Shaq Barrett, Carolina's Taylor Martin was going to be the prize of the free agency crop um, on the open market for tackles. But I guess now there really isn't that many good tackles available. Um, it's really a lot of guards. Like you have Joe Thune, you have Corey Lindsley, you now have Kevin Zeitler, you know, the Eagles might be moving on from Brandon Brooks. That, that could be another name. So it's more of the interior offensive lineman this year than, than tackles. So um, not a good year. If you're in the tackle market, you're going to have to fill that need through the draft. Um, and there's a lot of teams looking for tackles too. So yes, uh, that's why these mock drafts, a lot of them have receivers going early. I, I think they have to change pretty soon um, with all the receiver talent in this draft. And obviously the offensive line is more of a premium position than, than wide receiver we've seen. Yeah, for sure. And that's where I think a guy like, I think you said it before a Rashawn Slater to if he if he fall, if he falls to Dallas I mean I'm, I, I'm, I I would do back I'm going to be I'm going to be honest with you I think Rashawn Slater is the best left tackle in the draft over Oh Penesul. I think so I think Penesul is I it's I don't want to sound like a you know just from my observation I'm not you know I'm not an expert but from what I can see I think Penesul is better suited to play guard than tackle yep. you know in the Pac-12 I don't think there's too many pass rushers that uh meet the eye Whereas in the, uh, you know, Rashawn Slater went toe to toe with Chase Young. Yeah, um, Big Ten. Yeah, in the Big Ten, he went toe to toe with Chase Young. Um, the other guy from Michigan, uh, Quiddy Payne. Yep. Uh, the the guy that got drafted high last year from Michigan. God, what was that guy's name? He was a he, he was I think he was a second round pick. Josh Uche. Yes. The, yes. The the Patriots pick. Etor Gross Matos when he went to Penn State. When he went was to Penn State, a beast. Like there is Pat, I feel like the Big Ten just breeds big time pass rushers every year. I mean, obviously you you have the Bosa brothers that stand out, but um, you know, I feel like two. There's always like two to three every year in the Rashawn Big Ten. Rashawn Gary, Rashawn Gary, that was that was the other guy I was thinking about. Yeah. Um So Rashawn Slater and pass protection is pretty damn good, and yeah, you know, we we see how athletic he is too. So I would not be surprised to see the Cincinnati Bengals pick him. At, at number five, I personally think that would be my pick if I was it, Bengals. Yeah, because they need they need offensive line help so bad. Yeah, so uh, bad. I I you know speaking of offensive line help from you know the conversation that we had yesterday, it sounds like the two teams that are going to be bidding against each other for Joe Thune is uh, the Bengals and the Jets. That probably I, I know the Jets want to fix their offensive line, yeah. but the Bengals know they have to fix their offensive line or else yeah, they, they just to. wasted the number one pick, but um, yeah, those two teams are, I seem to be the, the hot, hot commodities for um, guard play. I believe, I think one of them is going to get Thune and then I think the loser sells for kind of like a Kevin Zeitler, Corey Lindsley, second tier interior offensive lineman on the free agent market. Well, you mentioned the Bengals and how they blew the number one pick. How about the Bengals giving that massive extension to Joe Mixon and they can't even open holes for him. Yeah, you know, I I think part of Mixon's problems obviously is durability. Um, yeah, that that's I, true. I don't, I really don't understand why they have Zach Taylor still as their coach. I neither do I. I don't get it. Um, I think the obvious choice for them, I who I think is going to be their coach next year, is going to be Joe Brady, reuniting with Joe Burrow. Um, so you know the offense just doesn't run through Mixon. I just I can't understand it. 
Um, I just felt like he was never featured enough and wasn't put in positions to really succeed under Taylor no. when he, even when he was healthy, you know, he would have those games here and there. And, you know, even at the start of this year when Mixon was healthy, we just didn't really see what the Joe Mixon that we knew and loved from what was, I think it was like 2018, 2019 season was his big breakout year. 2018 was his, I believe it was his rookie year. 28 is rookie year. He wasn't the best. Then um, it was, and it was 2019. It was, it was a year after that. And then even last year, um, you know, he started off slow the next year. I don't know if you remember that he let a lot of fantasy managers down, but you know, in the last month of December, won a lot of people leagues that stuck with him yeah. because Zach Taylor said, Hey, you know, we need to run this offense through Joe Mixon. And then they come back for uh, the season last year and just abandon that strategy. So I think a lot of the Bengals problems there is, uh, number one ownership because they're cheap. I don't think they want to pay Zach Taylor not to coach. Like, true. you know, they stuck with Marvin Lewis through uh, thick and thin. So Zach Taylor, I, I think that's their biggest problem, to be honest with you, on offense. But protecting Joe Burrow has to be the main priority this offseason. So Joe Mixon in 2018 had 237 carries, 1,168 rushing yards, eight touchdowns and also had one receiving touchdown to the tune of 300 receiving yards. Then in 2019, Joe Mixon in 16 games, 2018 played 14 games, 278 carries, 1,137 yards, five touchdowns, but then had three receiving touchdowns this past year, Joe Mixon, uh, 119 carries 428 rushing yards, three touchdowns, 3.6 yards per attempt, which was down yeah, from 4.9 in 2018 and 4.1 in 2019 and five receiving touchdowns. Little did we know at that at, when he played those six games that four of those touchdowns would come in a single game against the absolutely hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And, and just real quick, I know we have to move on to uh, March Madness and sure. – uh, our other topics, uh, some tag and trade candidates, definitely on that list. We, I know we talked about Allen Robinson. I personally would be really surprised if the saints did not tag and trade, uh, Marcus Williams, the saints. I don't know how they're going to get underneath the 182 and a half million dollar salary cap threshold. Um, I believe, I think they're like 50 million over, like, you know, if, if you're a team out there that wants to get talent potentially cheaper, you know, you can call them up and see what Marshawn Lattimore's price is. Uh, Cameron Jordan may even be for sale. I would not be shocked if they moved on from Michael Thomas. Um, his value is probably at an all-time low right now after the season he just had. So uh, I would not be surprised to see them try to, you know, move Marcus Williams uh, and get that $10.5 million off their books this year. Um, and then we, we see it in the draft every year. I feel like safeties are just not viewed as as highly as I guess they should. Like last year, I think it was the first, there was no safeties drafted in the first round or something like that. So you can get a starting safety at a high level on day two and maybe even day three of the draft. So I, I would, I would be surprised if Marcus Williams isn't traded. So you have him and, uh, well, Kenny Galladay, I thought was a lock to be tagged and traded, but he didn't even get tagged. So, um, right. a little bit of a head scratcher for me there. I, I don't know what Detroit's doing, to be honest with you. I, Nobody I, does. I don't. I don't know what direction they're heading in. I, I couldn't stand their head coaching hire. Um, it made no sense to me. And to give him a six-year contract is just really bad business. So, um, you know, those fans better hope that they, they draft well this year. And land, I, I don't even think next year is the best year to have the number one overall pick, um, to be honest with you. I think if I was Detroit, I would pick, I would pick 
you know, maybe even like a Trey Lance or Justin Fields, if they're at seven, if you really like one of them, I would trade up. I'm sure the Dolphins make the number three pick available. So like next year, like it's a Howell is the big guy. I, you know, UNC had a lot of ballers this year go to the draft. And then you have um, Spencer Rattler, who I was really underwhelmed with this year. I didn't think he um, wowed me enough. He kind of just looks like one of those college quarterbacks that doesn't translate to the NFL. But I've seen quicker turnarounds in college. You know, Joe Burrow came out of nowhere and this year, Zach Wilson. So um, we'll have to see. And I know the kid, the, the USC product is, you know, a little raw. I think he's like 19 or something like that. He threw 17 touchdowns. I think it was like seven picks this year. So, um, but USC quarterbacks, you know, don't really end well in the NFL, it appears. So, um, yeah, Detroit has no idea what they're doing. No, the the Barry Sanders curse will never end for the uh, for the Detroit Lions. It's fair to say. Yeah, and Goff just a lot of people praise that trade. I don't know if we talked about it on the show. It's like, <sighs> you know, if if you had Carolina offer you the eighth overall pick, you had if you could have had eight, and I believe they're picking seven, the Detroit Lions. You could have had mm-hmm. seven and eight. You easily could have gotten your quarterback there. I mean, I know the Jets probably are good taking a quarterback, but if you were to said to them, you know, eight nine, you know a two next year and something else. I think you probably had their attention. Um, I know Miami, you could have had their attention. You could have gotten, you may not have gotten Trevor Lawrence, but Hey, you can get Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, right. maybe even a Trey Lance that everybody's really high on. So I just, I didn't think that was good business by the lions. They, they, I don't see the plan personally. No, there, there hardly ever is a plan when it comes to you. I, I think I could really just say just sport teams in Detroit in, uh, yeah, the in Pistons general. are brutal. The well, the Tigers were pretty good back, you know. They had the best pitching fifteen years ago. Not even, I wouldn't say fifteen years ago. They they were good in uh, they were pretty good in like 2015, 2016. They had I think it was Verlander, Price, Scherzer, Scherzer. Yeah, it's true. Um, Porcello, they had. Um, that was they before had, they went and they signed Jordan Zimmerman. Yeah, I said David Price, right? Yeah, you said David Price. Yeah, I mean they. They were pretty good, man. And they had Free. Prime Miggy. They had Prince Fielder. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's it's a shame. I'm not really. I mean, they beat they beat the Yankees, I think, in I think it was 2014 in the ALDS yeah. or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. So pre-Jordan Zimmerman. Yeah. What a guy. What a guy. Anywho, all right. Let's go to some March madness, shall we? Um all right, so like I said, the way that we are going to be doing this is very, very, very heavy discussion about teams that you should be avoiding taking in your brackets to not only win the whole thing, but how about make it far? And like I said, we're going to be focusing on teams that as of Wednesday, March 10th, are projected to be top six seeds in the NCAA tournament in each region. So one to six in the East, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So Jake, I will let you take the first crack at this. Who is the, who is one team that you are saying hell no to for your brackets in terms of them going far in this tournament? I'm going to be honest with you. I know there are six seeds, so I guess the expectation isn't too high, but I've seen USC play this year, man. I think they're such a product of such a shitty conference, the Pac-12. Um, I would not be – I wouldn't even be surprised if they lose in, in their first game, to be honest with you. I think they're a pretty flawed team. Um, 
that's definitely an upset that there's a good chance that I have, uh, you know, early on. I, I don't think USC is, uh, should be anybody's Cinderella team by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I think that's just essentially lighting your bracket on fire. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, USC, that is just not one that I am looking to go and jump on. No, no, thank you. Um, for me, I'm going to go with one that I think is more of a bubble team than most people do. Uh, and that's the Texas Longhorns. I mean, for the most of January, this team was on the outside looking in and they were not a shoe in like they are potentially now to make it to March. And then they went and they won road games against Kansas and West Virginia, two very good road wins. I'm not going to say that they, that they aren't, but this is just such an inconsistent, hot and cold team. And since that win against West Virginia, they are seven and six, the Texas Longhorns, and they just don't seem to be peaking at the right time for me. So I, I just think that Texas is one that I am not going to be hopping all over. And right now, according to the projected brackets, Texas is a number three seed. So I am, I am not going to be going and placing my, uh, my bracket stakes on, uh, on Texas. That is, uh, that's for sure. And they are currently, if you want, if you want a little bit of a a little funny here, uh, they are currently projected if they do win their first round matchup and, uh, USC does as well. It will be Texas and USC in the next round. Wow, that's corner. actually that's pretty exciting. I think I'd probably pick Texas there, though, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I I probably would too, but they have to uh, to get there first, and that's just all obviously what ifs and and projections for uh, for right now. But I just thought a little uh, a little funny. So yeah, Jake, your next team, sir. Well, I'm gonna go to the top of uh, the bracket mountain. Mm. Um, I think this team's really overrated. I, we saw it over the weekend and that's, uh, the Michigan Wolverines. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I think they are, I, th- is it unreasonable to say they're going to be the most overrated or worst one seed in the tournament? Like, is that, what do we think there? Is that too much of a hot take for you? Or? No, I don't think, it, I don't think that's too much of a hot take at all. I mean, Michigan state's been horrible this whole year. I get it. They're pretty hot now and of, I, Tom Izzo, of course, is going to find his way into the tournament. So I I think Michigan is a, f- a very soft team. Um, I don't see a lot of rough riders there. I don't see, you know, the clutch. I just don't think they have it. When you watch a team throughout the year, you know who has it. Like, we knew, um, you know, like, who's a prime example? Like, Virginia, when they lost – to uh, was it UMBC in the first round? We knew that yeah. team was missing something. That was everybody's most overrated. Um, I believe it was a two seed that year. So, um, you know, everybody thought they were overrated as hell. Um, to me, Michigan kind of reminds me of that. Um, they they just don't have uh, what it takes, in my opinion, to be um, justified as as a one seed. I, I think it's pretty ridiculous to be honest with you. And they're they're not peaking at the right time at all. They're probably playing their worst ball. Uh, the worst possible time. Yeah. I mean, I, I, Jake, I agree with you. And we talked about the story came on the air. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand the whole hype that surrounds Michigan at the moment. 
I, I really, I, I don't get it. And while I think they can be a, a really dominant team in this tournament, I just haven't seen it where I think they can do it consistently. And that's just the overall problem that I have with, with Michigan. And I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. Um, my next team up, and this is going to hurt some people because, I mean, they are, at one point, they were the darlings of the world, the college basketball world. And I know that, that uh, this man has a very special place in my heart, the uh, the coach who was uh, former Hofstra men's basketball coach, and that's Jay Wright of the Villanova Wildcats. And really for them, it just comes down to, to injuries for me. They're not going to have – Colin Gillespie, who is out for the rest of the year with a knee injury. Big Justin loss. Moore is missing the Big East tournament with a severe ankle sprain and is questionable for the start of the tournament in general. I mean, look, I'm never going to doubt Jay Wright and what he can do in this tournament. He is a magician at figuring out March. But if you're down your two best players, at least to start the tournament, you're down your two best players. That is just never a good sign for potentially going far. Now, if you can get Justin Moore back to start the tournament, then at least you'll have one of them. But not having Colin Gillespie is just such a huge blow for Villanova, and I don't know if they're going to be able to uh, to figure to figure this out. But would it, would it shock me if they get to the Final Four? Absolutely not, because it, it's Villanova and it's Jay Wright. But I just don't see it happening this year. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to be uh, going crazy about Villanova. Yeah, uh, I don't like Villanova. Um, historically, I um, feel like whenever I have faith in them, they just seem to not reward me um, in the slightest bit. The year they won, I'm, they won I'm, me a bracket challenge. So, right. thank you, Jay Wright. I'm not sure if this team is – I don't know what the status is, to be honest with you. I know that sounds kind of bad, but um, it's Creighton. I mean, everything that's going yeah. on with, with Coach McDermott, like – are those players really going to be locked in to the tournament? I, I get it. He question. wanted to, re, he wanted to resign. And the players, I believe said, no, like you don't have to, like they didn't want him to resign or what ended up happening there. Was it the school or the players or. Um, so he was, he was suspended by the school. The school ran their investigation whole bit. He offered his letter of resignation and the, and he talked to the players about it. And the players said, no, we want, we want you here. Interesting. All right, maybe that does change things, but still, like, is he coaching in the tournament or when's his suspension? No, like, he's he's back. Oh, he's back. He's back right. Oh, he's back. Mean, right before right before the biggest games of the year, he's of course he's back and of course, go figure. Meanwhile, um, meanwhile, Chris Harrison is uh, gonna miss the whole season of the uh the yeah. Bachelorette. Yeah. Didn't see that shit show this week, by the way. I heard a couple of, of rumblings, but I think this was the final rose this week, right? Nope. You know, next, next week, week is the final rose. Wow. Next week, next week is when is when we uh we we know it all. If he picks anybody at all, from what I hear, it's yeah. uh, pr- it's pretty dicey right now. So, um, well, we'll we'll talk about Bachelor uh, next yeah. week before before but, we get into uh, to March Madness because yeah. there's some things that I want to share. But yeah, continue, sir. Yeah. So, uh, is the tournament really on the forefront of everybody's minds at Creighton right now, and even throughout the year? You know, I feel like they had a couple of letdown losses this year, um, where they kind of played down to their competition. And a team like they're just a very streaky team to me. Like if the jump shots aren't falling, you know, they don't play good enough defense. They don't beat people up enough. And that just doesn't translate to March for me, to be honest with you, because it could just not be your night one night, um, you know, from beyond the arc. And, 
you know, you get blown out by 20 or 30 with the team that, you know, has great ball movement, you know, dominates on the glass and gets easy transition buckets. And, um, you know, it's just not a team I like to take on my, in my brackets. So now this one is going to surprise a lot of people. A lot of people are going to be very surprised at what I'm about to say. I'm going with the Ohio state Buckeyes as one that I am not on the train of then. Yeah. I understand that Ohio state for the most part was a number one seed for the better part of February. And then they ran into Iowa. They ran into Michigan. They ran into Michigan state. They ran into Illinois, all teams that have a very, very good chance of going far in this tournament. But the one thing with Ohio state that for me scares me is this number right here. When I was doing research uh, for this show and then for my brackets in general, there was this one stat that I found that I have written down here, which I found fascinating to me. And this is more, this is a defensive stat and offensively Ohio state is very, very good. Dwayne Washington, Justin Aaron's, they are great secondary options behind Starman EJ Liddell. But here's a defensive stat that absolutely shocked me, Jake. And I'm curious as to your reaction to this. So, Ohio State have allowed a shot attempt over 85% of the time on opposing possessions. So what that means, to dumb it down for people that don't know what I'm saying, is every time the opposing team comes into their backcourt with the ball, the opposing team gets a shot off 85% of the time. Damn, that is way too high. Yeah, in the Big Ten too, nonetheless. In the Big Ten, yeah, that is way too I, high. I, I, you know, I thought about them too, to be honest with you, but they do have a lot of star power, and that, and that can't be ignored. Um, so that's why I guess I didn't put them on the list. But I could see, I didn't know about that stat to be honest. To be honest with you, and as, neither did you know, I. I, I don't just, watch I, Ohio State all the time either, so you would obviously know more there. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I've noticed with, with Ohio State is they definitely do play bigger than they look, but defensively, it's it's just it's so hot and cold. It's is, is so it like, hot and cold. Right. Is it like my Nets where it depends on the night? If they're feeling up to it, they, you know, they'll show up and play defense against the Clippers, but when they play the Pistons or the, or the Wizards, they're like, ah, screw this. Like, it, we're going to make a business decision here. We're, we're going to save our defense for the games that actually matter, which – Ohio State, I guess, could be doing in the month of March. It depends because they they look great on home court against Indiana, and they completely struggled against better opposition in Michigan and especially against Illinois in the final five minutes. They completely fell apart defensively. And to be honest, the game against Illinois, they probably should have won. They probably should have won that game on home court against Illinois, who are a very, very good team. Don't get me wrong. And they are actually a very popular pick to win this ent- entire tournament. It's like a not, sleeper pick. Yeah, not, not my pick, no. Not my pick, but I know a lot of people that are very, very high on uh, on Illinois. But Ohio State, they're just so hot and cold defensively, and you can't be, you know, have the on-off switch in, in the tournament. You have to give 100% defensively every single second of every single minute of every single game. And if they don't do that, they could be completely screwed. I'm sorry. And I love my Buckeyes. I'm going to be rooting for them, obviously, but 
in terms of when there's money on the line, I am not confident in, in backing my Buckeyes in, in, in that regard. Yeah, that's, that's all I have pretty much for, um, you know, teams that I think are a little overrated. Uh, just a little rapid fire. Now we have to get on to the post you're at Mount Rushmore. Sure. BYU. Don't don't fucks with them in the tournament. Uh, no. I, I see I, I see some things that uh can upset some teams. You can't you can't uh, count out the Mormons in the month of March. That's all I'm saying. I thought they played Gonzaga pretty hard yesterday for the most part. They did, and then Gonzaga just completely stepped on the gas. Hey, you know you cannot sleep on my Mormons. No in the month of March. Nope. They, I mean they have they, they have can make, um, they can shoot it. Uh, who's the who's the guard? It's uh, Alex Barcelo and Matt Harms, two very 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 good players. And I believe, if I remember correctly, I believe Matt Harms. Uh, Duke, you may yeah. know you may know him better from uh, the listeners. May know him better as the uh, big blonde kid from uh, Purdue. Purdue, and now he goes to BYU. Yeah. Yep, he transferred. Transferred to uh, to BYU, and I believe he might be one of the. Um, he might be the leader for BYU in field goal field goal percentage. I think he's shooting at like a fifty five percent clip or something like that. Something absolutely ridiculous. But. Now did now I feel like he's been in school literally for like seven years. Like I feel like he's just never left college basketball. You're yeah, you're, did, you're right. He, he chose BYU over Kentucky too. He did. Hey. BYU is always a sleeper team for me in the tournament. I know we're in the bracket together, right? I'm gonna they, have I'm gonna have BYU making some noise. They they have that pulling power, man. It's a shame they, that I don't believe Wofford is in the uh, the running this year, right? Uh, they're not in the tournament, right? Or are, are no. they? No, Wofford well, are not in. Wofford the always a team I pick whenever they're in it to make to make a little bit of noise. Well, maybe next year you'll get, you'll get your opportunity to take uh, to take Wofford. Dude, the, Wofford is. Wofford's a wavy team. Wofford and uh, <laughs> what do you call it? I, I remember in one of my brackets the year. I know we're getting off topic. I know we got to move on. But oh, no, no, no. What, please. Love it, getting off the, topic. In the year of, I believe it was 2019, I picked UCF to beat Duke in the second round of. This, was the, this was the Zion year. RJ, Cam Reddish, uh, you know, um, what's the other guy? Trey Jones. And this was the Taco Fall. Uh UCF year. And I don't know if you remember, but the last play of the game, UCF had the tip in for the win and they were winning that game. You know, they had it won, and then RJ Barrett hit the big three Zion got fouled and taco taco fall fouled out there and taco fall wasn't in for the last tip. I, and I bet the money line on UCF that day too. And I I've never been that upset from a sporting event. And I don't even know if that might've been the most disappointed I've ever been after a sporting event. And I've <laughs> been through my fair share of disappointing sport. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> but, oh my God. And, but that year, but that year UCF were my boys. Like, oh, and you could have made some coin off of them too. Oh my God, bro. They were, they were, I believe they were like plus six fifty money line or something. Jesus I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, Duke was by far the best team in the country that year through the whole way. Jesus Christ! Well, I had him one. Well, I, 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 I will propose this now. Uh, maybe, maybe next week what we do, and I, I guess maybe this is kind of like basement bets, kind of with it. But maybe we do basement bets at the end of the show next week for, uh, for the games on on Friday. Yeah, I, I'm not. 
add it to the vault. Might have to. I don't have my champion yet, though. I have to have one before next week. Obviously. Put it this way. Put it this way. We will have a champion by Wednesday of next week. I don't I don't have mine yet, though. I'm back and forth between like three teams. It's bad. Well, we are we are gonna see who you end up picking, and we're gonna see who I end up picking. So that is our March Madness discussion. Of course, make sure you listen to the podcast next Wednesday. The podcast will be out literally the second we are done recording, by the way, for next week, because we want to make sure we get that out. So that way, when you guys need help with your brackets, you can listen to the podcast. You can get my takes. You can get Jake's takes. We're going to go through all of the potential games in this tournament, saying our brackets, giving our rationale for everything. You need a comprehensive home for all your March Madness needs. Basement Talk Podcast is the place to be. All right. It is that time, Jake. Let's do it, my friend. So, post Malone, Mount Rushmore. I am super excited for this. Yeah, so am I. It was an idea we both thought of together, which makes it a lot more homemade. Yes, absolutely. So, are we going to – I think we need to do the snake. Okay. I think we need to do the snake. So, what I'm going to do – is in the essence of fairness, I have my blade. Oh, I'm gonna, nice. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spin it. Well, I don't, ha- I don't have, I don't have a quarter. I don't have a quarter near me. For for the sake of Mount Rushmore, you could have gotten our first president, George Washington. I, you know what, I could have, and I should have been more prepared. I will, I will know for for next time, or I will try and get that out of the budget. I'll try and get a uh, a quarter out of it out of the basement talk budget. So ask your friend doing the uh, the the. the uh... <laughs> The FIFA streams. If you can uh, make a donation to the corporation, true. He, he put put it this he way. Probably like, has it from what I hear. Put it this way, my guy just got a Lambo the other day, so he he can afford it. Right. Yeah. Nice. He could definitely afford it. So I'm gonna spin the blade, and whoever it is on gets the option to go first or second. So we are spinning the blade. It is on me, and I am oh, good. Fixed. I'm, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna go first. Just because my first pick is one that I wanted to have just because I needed to make sure I got this song in. And it's Rockstar featuring 21 Savage. That's the first song you pick of Post Malone. That's the the first song that that, I pick, yes. That's like that. That's like a guy picking like. Who's going to be the unanimous pick in fantasy football next year? I guess number one. I don't. I didn't even look at anything. Was it Derrick Henry? I assume Christian McCaffrey. He's still going to be the number one pick next year. Mm-hmm. All right, but it was like those years when AP was winning the rushing title. You had some guy picking like Chris Johnson number one or fair. You know, that rock star definitely not. Um, I get two picks now. Yep, you get two picks. Okay, well the most iconic song by Post Malone ever, White Iverson. Like the eh, not not not, not my taste, a, but that's that's what put him on the map though. Like that's what yes, what made ab- absolutely him. just not my taste. Yeah, it was my taste. That was a big vibe song when I was in college. That 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 was that was on the pregame playlist. We'd always be vibing, you know. Got us pumped, goosebumps, goosebumps. Very important. Uh, you know, competitive competitive juices got. Of course, gotta get good competitive <laughs> juices flowing. Um, and then after that, I'm going to have to go with, um. Wow, this is tough. I don't want to stick with Stoney too much, but I'm going with too young. 
Mm, okay. So if you're sticking with Stoney, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because that's, I, like, I, that's I like his not... true music, though. Like, you're picking, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like Stoney is, like, what Post is. He kind of drifted away from, like, what made him good. Got a little bit more uh, mainstream. Oh yeah, he he absolutely got much more much more ma- mainstream. But that's the kind of rap that I like. Because I would be the first to admit I'm. It's not, a... not rap. It's alternative. Arms, alternative R&B R&B. Slash alternative. Get the hell out of your rap. Um. Hmm. Do I put a personal favorite of mine in, or? Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to take this one. Uh, blame it on me. Yikes. Why? What's wrong with you? What do you like, bag music? Yes, actually. Oh, I hate bag music. Oh, I love it. All right, so I get my last two picks. Um, I'm going to go. Oh no, I get one more. Oh, 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 it's a snake draft. Okay, yeah, Uh, I get one more. Oh shit. Um, I'm gonna go with. Let's see. I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Saint Tropez. It's all right. It's a, we are very different in this one. I feel like you're ordering fish at a steakhouse right now or like chicken at a steakhouse. Uh, and I kind of feel like you're or, you're ordering a hamburger at, uh, at an Italian restaurant. No. I'm o- I'm ordering like uh like what what's like an Italian like uh I'm trying to think here. Chicken like parmesan? Go- no, it's like you go to the- I got a good one for you. Um it's like you go to Little Vincent's. I'm ordering the uh the cold cheese slice. Oh, I could re- I I don't and, I don't know and, about that, but I could relate to the cold cheese slice. Yeah. And like they're known for the cold cheese slice at Little Vincent's and, and you're and you're out here ordering, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Like not a cold cheese slice, like a regular regular pizza slice well we haven't agreed we haven't agreed on one yet because the three that i've mentioned you didn't you have you don't like no then, i do i do like rockstar the uh, the other like blame it on me it's like and then know. the two of yours i don't like well mine so are like, not even conflicting my, here. mine are like good vibes you know um all right so i guess i got to my last two Let's your last you two um i'm gonna go with the sugar wraith um, oh damn it yeah now that was that was a Dude, when he played that at the concert, um, you know, mad good vibes. That and Better Now. Better Now was close to the list. I didn't choose it, but it it was close. Um, But when he played Better Now at the concert and he played the Sugar Wraith, like, bro, place was buzzing. Like, buzzing, Damn it, Jake. Yeah, Sugar Wraith was a great one. Um, I think I played that song in, like, repeat my senior year of college when – no, it was junior year of college for me that when this came out. I literally just listened to that song only in the car for like a week when the album came out. Um, I have a little bit of a sleeper one. Not a lot of people like this one, um, but I don't know. This song like is is vibes like it's vibes. It, it makes you think about life a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, it's yours truly, Austin Post. Oh, it, it's a sleeper that's what one I can for get people. Behind. Yours truly, Austin Post, like. Yes. Low key could be my favorite song by Boast. Don't sleep. I like that one a lot. That's, that's a good choice. That's a sleeper choice. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, sleeper, that's a sleeper one. And I like it a lot. It, it was between Better Now or Sugar Wraith, but um, you know, I mean, dude, 
how do you, how do you like Post Malone but don't like White Iverson or Too Young? Like those are his two songs that made him Post Malone. Like there would be no Post without, especially White Iverson, which was all over the radio when it came out, where people discovered it. I really shouldn't say this because I'm I'm a member of the, the the media team, but I just don't listen to music on the radio. I just don't. Well, no, that's what a lot of people like. That's what a lot of people know him as, though. Like, obviously, I don't either, but I knew about. Oh, of course, yeah, I knew about him. Like, I'm pissed off. Like all my college buddies. Um, I think I had class one night, but anyway, before he really blew up, before his second album, Stony just came out. He played at Totes in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Thirty dollars for a post concert. They all got pictures with him after. Like he wasn't famous. And I was like, oh, I have fucking class. I can't go. I should have skipped the shit. I should like I. I could have got a night. I could have seen Post Malone. Met him. Shook his hand after. But let's see your last one, my man. Um, congratulations, featuring Cueva. Okay, yeah, I like that one. Um, my whole thing with that one is like, I don't know. I kind of went more towards the theme of just post rather than features. Um, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. But I I do like that song. Um. You know, I know you like Post and, and 21 Savage, so um, All My Friends is a good song. That was on 21's yes. album. Yes. Um, I think uh, there's a good chance. I'm surprised that Post wasn't on Savage Mode 2, um, which 21 Savage dropped. And mm-hmm. um, But there's not too many features on on that. Um, so they're going to make a song together soon. My, my dream – hear me out here. I want to hear – I want to hear Post <laughs> – and Bobby Shmurda make a song. I feel like that would just be all types of chaos that I, I am very much here for. You could you could put an emphasis on C H A O S chaos. Dude, that would be like bro. That would be insane. I just post something. Now I'm gonna get to this guy in a second. I know we're on the subject of music, but yeah. Does does Post and Drake have a song? Like, am I over am I overthinking something here? Um, By the way, Post and Young Thug Goodbyes is also a banger. That was close to being on the list. Yeah, that was very. Uh, that was literally my fifth song. Drake's not on. Drake's Drake and Post have a song. No, right. On God. On God. When the hell was that made? Uh, I have no idea. It says 2016. I just put in Post Malone. Post Malone Drake song. And it says that that on might God. Just, that might that might be like a fake song that the that like is claimed to be unreleased or something. Well, it's like got three point eight. It got three point eight million views. I mean, that's not surprising. Anything that says Drake gets <laughs> a shit ton of views. True. Um, you know, speaking of Drake, I know uh, we're we're running low on time here for the show, but um, if you haven't already, check out Scary Hours Two by Drake. Uh, an EP, no, not an album, but um, I thought Lemon Lemon Pepper Wings was a little overrated. Or Lemon Pepper Wings, excuse me, Lemon Pepper Freestyle. I'm thinking of uh, food. Was that guy that? I'm no, 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 no. There's, there's, I forget who the rapper was that made a song called Lemon Pepper Wings, but um, but Lemon Pepper Free. I thought it was a little overrated, but um, it had some cool, catchy Instagram captions. But um, Wants and Needs featuring Little Baby, uh, great song, great song. Check it out. Fun fact, fun fact for you, and I'll, le- I'll leave you with this. I'm not a Drake guy. Yeah, I get the fuck out. Like, just end the show right now. I'm like, not, dude. Bro. I told, I, I, I am per- I'm not a fan of this kind of music. I'm not. No, I like, I, I think that's, that's really blasphemous, but you know, I'm Drake's not, not, Drake's not my favorite, but dude, he makes really good music. Like, it's not my cup of tea. I don't know. I don't know what your cup of tea is. Your, your cup of tea must be like, a black cup of coffee, like nothing in it, like no flavor, just very blah. Oh, country. country. 
I mean, I don't hate country music, but like, you know, I'm not going to be listening to Sam Hunt while, you know, I'm trying to have a nice Saturday night with, uh, you know, or who's another like any country artist, to be honest with you. Like, you know, if you want to get the ladies in the in, in the party going, you know, maybe put a little Taylor Swift action on or something like that. The old Taylor Swift. I know now she she's branched off into other Ooh, dude, ways of music. You're sounding ignorant because at country concerts, there is all the wonderful, beautiful women just yeah, but that's a country, yeah, country concerts. But like, let's be honest, like, you know, in terms of pulling, like, I don't want to sound like, you know, but like you go out to like a college party or like you go out to a bar, like you're not hearing Kenny Chesney folk songs like you're hearing. Oh, you know, oh, oh, please you know, stop it. Kenny Chesney true. can be played at any occasion. At my funeral, know. if Kenny Chesney is not played, there is a big problem. All right, but like you get what I'm saying here. Like I, I like that kind of music. I like hype up music. Like country music's not getting me hyped. That's like getting me like you know, like calm and like if I'm at the gym, I'm not putting on a country song. Like oh, I I totally disagree. No, totally like, disagree. I, I think that also should be a great basement beats discussion. Like meet gym music. Oh, Eminem still makes the best gym music. Like hands down, it's oh, it's honestly abs- incredible. Absolutely not. All right, no, no, no. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to log off now. If if we, I better not hear any Eminem slander because, like, no. Now, obviously, it's a. Little, he's definitely past his prime, but definitely still makes the best hype gym music there is. Like, there's a reason why all combat sports use Eminem's music for their trailers and promotions. Very true. Very true. I'll give you that. However, what pumps what pumps me up the most when I'm in the gym and I'm clanging and banging, in reference to uh, to the Rock. As the uh, as the jabroni reference from earlier, disturbed, phenomenal to listen to in the gym. Yeah, that gets no. it just gets me angry, and it's fantastic. I think I know a song by Disturbed. Uh, I don't know. The oh, exact there name are many it, songs heard... by Disturbed that people. Uh, yeah, wouldn't... no. Stricken, no. Land of Confusion, Down stricken, with the Sickness. Yes. Stricken, stricken, and Down with the Sickness is what I know. Yeah, yeah no, not... Guitar Hero on Rock Band. Yeah, no, it's 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 not for me. I'm a big. Uh, love Eminem music at the gym um drake makes some some good gym music too i gotta be honest with you um you know a lot of older drake i mean now he's kind of went a little bit more r&b on us but um drake still has some hard songs um that get me pretty amped well i can't hate on the six god i don't know i don't know what's wrong with you there like me i might we might need to have a rap education rap hip-hop education period on the show because I, I I feel bad for you. Well, if we are having a rap hip hop education period, then I'm giving you a country education period right back. I'm not a big happy sing along guy. Oh, I don't know if that I, could be oh happen. I don't God, know if that can I happen. Awesome. I, I don't hate country music. Like I'm not saying like oh it's trash. You know, shut that shit off. If I hear it, it's like you know if I have the choice in life, I'm not putting that on. And if I had the choice in life, I would not put on hip hop or R and B, respectfully. Yeah, you know, you 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 were just born in the wrong uh, generation. I hear that every day of my life. I yeah. was born about thirty years too late. Yes, that that is that's the story of my life. I hear it all the time. So that is going to be it for this week's episode of the Basement Talk Podcast. You know the deal. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. We are there. Jake and I will be back next week for the March Madness episode. Definitely be on the lookout for that. Along with, go check out the Jetsway podcast and be on the lookout for Jake's UFC podcast, which is coming to the Basement Talk podcast family of podcasts. We talked about that just 
the other day on the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. So definitely subscribe, especially all the people that love the UFC and MMA. Definitely subscribe. And you won't get to hear me on it. You'll just get to hear Jake because apparently everyone here loves Jake and doesn't like Jake. So for Jake, I'm Bird. Bye-bye.